This is the Epilog Audio Experience. The language and content on this podcast may be unsuitable for certain audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to History Chatter. I had been speaking about the multiple origins of falafel. It seemed as though it became the default national food of Israel. In a matter of 10 years or so, during the 1930s and 1940s, yet several other countries and communities in the Middle East, particularly Lebanon, Yemen and Arabs of Palestine, continue to claim it as their own heritage perhaps that is how it should be for some things resist bounded or polist ownership or trade they belong to everyone with an openness that slips through commonly understood boundaries this is true not only of food but of festivities a 2019 article in washington post by simranjit singh speaks of the diwali festival in a similar vein with more than 1 billion people celebrating diwali which fell earlier this week the occasion carries different meanings for different religious communities as a matter of fact diwali makes different meanings even among the various hindu communities some hindus see it as an anniversary of the triumphant return of the king rama of the epic ramayana to his homeland he had been in exile for 14 years and later had to fight and defeat the monster king ravana who had taken rama's wife sita hostage in the south yet others celebrated as the anniversary of the day lord krishna vanquished the demon narakasura liberating 16000 women in his captivity in western india many hindus and jains celebrate diwali as the first day of a new year in nepal the occasion is called tihar and focuses on the worship of the goddess of wealth lakshmi some hindus also celebrate the day as the homecoming of nachiketa of kathopanishada he had a conversation with yama the god of death returning with secrets of moksha or spiritual liberation back to the world according to this tradition no longer would once life end just in a heaven or hell but that moksha could be attained while life or living on this earth liberation is a common theme for other religious traditions which celebrate different occasions on the same day in the jain tradition diwali marks the anniversary of the day mahavira attained physical death and final enlightenment the day is referred to as the mahavira nirvana divas 
Jain traditions claim that they had been observing the day in this very manner for over 2,500 years. The Sikhs commemorate the day as an anniversary of the return of Guru Hargovind from an unjust incarceration in Gwalior. The Sikh Guru agreed to be released only after 52 other Hindu kings, who too had been unfairly held hostage, were released with him. The Sikhs call it the Bandi Chhor Divas, the day of hostage liberation. Since all these celebrations are observed on the same day, many have wrongly assumed Diwali to be a pan-Indian festival that transcends religion or that it has the same meaning for everyone without any cultural differences. Even this year, quite a few Bengalis were upset that Diwali appeared to overshadow the Kali Puja celebrations in West Bengal, which too falls on the same day. Kali Puja, which many assume is a typically Bengali celebration, too has a number of plausible origins. June McDaniel of the College of Charleston in South Carolina has written at length on the evolving histories of Kali worship in Bengal. Historians have generally relied on textual sources. They tend to trace the origin of the goddess in the Sanskrit great tradition. In the Vedic literature, Kali has been associated with the goddess of the night, Ratri, or the fearful Niriti Devi. Um, as for instance, in Rigveda, Shatapatha and Aitareya Brahmana. The name Kali is found in the Mundaka Upanishada for the first time. Though there, she is only one of the seven tongues of the holy sacrificial fire or a flame. She is mentioned in the Mahabharata. Ashwatthama sees her when he stealthily enters into the Pandava camp in the middle of the night to kill Draupadi's sons. She had a terrifying appearance, wore bloodshot eyes, red garlands, and carried nooses. There is some debate whether this image had been around since the earliest editions or it was a later addition. In early Sanskrit literature, Kali is terrifying and devouring. Bana's Harsha Charita, that is 7th century common era, describes her tongue as black, like the charcoal of the funeral pyre, covered with blood, sucking up the lives of living beings. In Kila Harivamsha, which is considered an appendix to the Mahabharata and traditionally ascribed to Vyasa, she is a goddess, fond of meat and wine, worshipped by Dalit and Adivasis. In Bhabhabhuti's Malati Madhava, early 8th century, 
she is dark and violent, Ugra, with a temple in the burning ground and worshipped with human sacrifice. There are many stories of her origin in the medieval Puranas. Traditionally, her origin is described as an emanation, an appearance from the body of Durga in the Chandi section of the Markandeya Purana. Once Durga was terribly angry with her foes, her face turned dark as ink with rage. Out of that darkness there emerged from Durga's forehead the goddess Kali bearing a sword and a noose. And I quote, bearing the strange skull-topped staff decorated with a garland of skulls clad in a tiger's skin, very appalling owing to her emaciated flesh with gaping mouth, fearful with her tongue lolling out, having deep sunk reddish eyes and feeling the regions of the sky with her roars and falling upon impetuously and slaughtering the great Asuras in that army. She devoured the hosts of those foes of the Devas." Unquote. There are many variations of this origin story of Kali's appearance out of the body of an angry Durga. In the Linga Purana, for instance, Parvati turns into Kali when she enters into Shiva's body and drinks up the poison stored in his throat. She then assumes a terrifying form, killing the demon Daruka, who could be killed only by a woman, and then running amok in rage after the battle, virtually threatening to destroy the world until Shiva calms her down and saves the world. She wears skulls and an elephant hide and holds a trident. There are many oral traditions about her origin too. McDaniels heard from an informant in Kalimpang in North Bengal that Kali emerged out of the anger of Durga when Shiva had mistakenly killed her son Ganesha. In this tradition, Durga is seen as an affectionate mother and Kali as an wild one, as though they were two sides of the same coin or two forms of essentially the same mother goddess. In another version of the story that Durga became Kali in anger, told to MacDaniel by someone with a mixed Bengali and Odia origin, Durga managed to slay Mahisasura, the buffalo demon, only when he fixated his gaze on her genitals and lost his concentration. Otherwise, she was not able to meet him at all. She had been upset about the gods designing her principally as an object of kernel attraction, 
and went mad in rage soon after slaying the demon. Once again, Shiva had to calm her down. In these stories, Kali is associated with wild and uncontrollable passions. She is mentioned in Vaishnava literature too. In Adbhuta Ramayana, for instance, she is portrayed as the conqueror of senior Ravana, who had hundred heads, not ten. Sita here assumed the form of Kali and killed the senior Ravana after Rama had fainted out of exhaustion. William Word writes in 1814 of the story in Adhuta Ramayana, where Sita assumes the role of Kali and kills a thousand-headed Ravana. She fought Ravana for ten years, killed him and drank his blood and threw his limbs about in joy. Once again, Shiva calmed her down and she turned back into the submissive uh, wife once again. These versions are quite distinct from the Ramayana in North India, where Rama is the virile hero. Here, Rama is ineffective and Sita is the real warrior, while in North India, Sita is a delicate woman to be saved and protected. In Bengal, there was a traditional rivalry between Shaktas, that is those who worshipped Shakti or Mother Goddess, and Vaishnavas, that is those who worshipped Vishnu or various forms of Vishnu. Kali was called cannibal and a black witch by the Vaishnavas. And Krishna was called lustful and a liar by the Shaktas. Yet there were reconciliatory traditions too. And they saw these gods or goddesses as variations of one another. In this context, it will be interesting now to look into um, some contemporary imaginations of the goddess Kali as she is worshipped in various parts of Bengal. Let's begin with Calcutta, the capital city, and with a small doggerel. Jai Kali Kalkatte Wali, Bhuter Baje Tali, Victory to Kali, the mistress of Calcutta, the spirits dance to the sound of clapping. This is a chant to Kali, which is often sung by the native regiments, by the soldiers, at the sound of the evening gun. Although there is a debate about whether or not Calcutta was named after Kali or the temple at Kaligat, there is no doubt that the city has a special relationship with the goddess. She watches over the city or said to watch over the city, allowing its survival in the face of economic disaster, massive unemployment, political corruption, epidemics, 
poverty-stricken refugees, computers, skyscrapers, communist ideology, internet, television, and pretty much every threat that assails this unique city. She is said to be the patron saint of Calcutta. She is seen on the dashboard of taxis protecting the drivers from accidents and inside homes for personal devotion. Now, S. C. Banerjee wrote in 1901 that Kali is the most popular deity in West Bengal and almost no towns or villages in Bengal exist where Kali is not worshipped in some form or image. Now, Kali is seen throughout India, but Bengal has traditionally been her home. This was true in 1901 when Banerjee was writing, but today it is clear that Kali has also become a pan-Indian goddess and worshipped by a variety of different castes and tribes. As a village goddess, Kali tends to be a protector of a particular city or locality. Among Adivasi groups, she is called Kali Bonga and offered goats as sacrifices. Among the Uraus of the Sundarbans, which is a jungle to the south of Calcutta, she is called Bonkali or forest goddess. She is the presiding goddess of Sundarbans and invoked before cutting of trees, collecting honey and performing other works. Now, there are folk understandings of the goddess Kali that deal with tribal magic. Among the Uraus in West Bengal and Chotanagpur Plateau, Kali Mai has traditionally been the major goddess of the village black magician. She has attendant spirits who bring the black magician any spirit he wishes to see, and she's invoked in the magician's worship. There are many Shakta Tantric elements in tribal worship, especially in tribal magic. Here, the tribal Kali of uh, Dhamati or the local magician receives goat sacrifice, alcohol, red offerings and blood, much as the Hindu Kali does. Among the Dalit Hindu Bauris, Kali is worshipped both on an individual basis and in fairs and festivals. Individually, the deity may be placed in a mud hut, in a courtyard or in a part of the house. Festivals usually involve sacrifices to Kali, which could be food, flowers, incense, goats, music and dance, and immersion of the clay pitcher into which she is invoked. In one ceremony in 1964, Anthropologist K.C. Shashmal reported that there were fireworks and verbal duels by the village poets with a number of other castes attending. Kali here was invoked by a low caste priest 
who worshipped her with sincere devotion rather than mantras. So Kali appeared sometimes also in human form and later became a stone statue to be worshipped. Then, for instance, the Karuna Kali statue of Vishnupur also originally appeared as a human child. There is a story that um, it was originally Kali who had appeared as um, a lower caste girl. Some statues of Kali are believed to have more power than others. And the Kali statue at Kaligat temple is said to be especially powerful. This Kali is believed by many folk and tribal people to be very active. She appears um, in dreams to help and advise. Because folk Kali statues tend to be associated with special physical places, the incarnate Kali within a particular statue may become a wanderer or a traveler when that statue is taken from its home. So um, there are a number of such origin myths of the goddess Kali. She belongs to various strata of the Bengali population from the lowest to the highest. The beauty of Kali worship lies in the very diversity of her origin stories. Just as um, in the early part of this podcast, I spoke about the diversity of the various Diwali traditions in um, various parts of India. India, as a matter of fact, lives within this traditional diversity or within the diversity of its traditions. History in stories like this leaves hand in hand with myths and continue to evolve with time. And this for today is all that we have. We'll be back with a similarly exciting and uh, appealing episode from the multiple an abundant storage of India and the world's history. Looking forward to see you in the next episode of History Chatter. This is your friend Anirban signing off.